are listening to Law and Gospel on this Rumination Tuesday on February the 15th in the year of our Lord, 2022. And on Rumination Tuesdays, we like to listen to a hymn. And the hymn we're going to be taking a look at is the hymn, My Soul, Now Praise Your Maker. And so here it is. Yes, that hymn was written by Johann Grammann, G-R-A-M-A-N-N. He died in 1541. Now, that was before Luther died, and it has been called the oldest Lutheran hymn of praise. It kind of departs somewhat from the model of Luther's earlier hymns, and it is a paraphrase of Psalm 103. But it's false to distinguish praise from the confession of the Lutheran view of the essence of God. Uh, Luther had a theology of the cross as he presented it in his Heidelberg Theses of 1518. Define God's righteousness as the mercy and grace revealed in Christ's cross. So as a student, he was rector of the school of St. Thomas Parish in Leipzig. Grauman had learned to live in the rhythm of regular reading and singing of psalms. But when the Grand Master of the Teutonic Knights, Albrecht of Prussia, asked him to take a call, he joined in introducing the Reformation to that order's domains in Prussia. Grauman sought ways to cultivate the new piety of the Wittenberg way of thinking, and his poetic rendering of the psalm reflects the theology to which he had been converted. And so it is really a hymn noted for the seventh Sunday of the Epiphany, after the Epiphany. And so we're going to be taking a look at it with Mark Smith. And the first thing I want to ask Mark is, who was the translator? Catherine Winkworth. God bless her. Boy, I My. wonder how many hymns she translated. Well, I wonder she how was many. Asked, 
she died in 1878, the granddaughter of an evangelical Anglican clergyman and translated several hundred German hymns into English and published them in a series of volumes. And she's considered to be one of the best translators that we ever had. Yeah, she rendered a great service to the church, no doubt about that. So, this is a hymn that I don't think too many people are familiar with. Were you familiar with the tune? No, well, you know, I guessed the tune before you played it. I guessed it because there aren't, you know, it's a long, it's a long hymn, even though there's only four stanzas. But uh, I thought, you know, there's only there's only a, a short number of melodies or tunes that could go with this length of a hymn. And then that was the one that I guessed it was. I was right. I can't read music, but I just guessed that it was like that one. Yes, well, you were right. Uh, at the bottom of these hymnal pages, they put the numbers of how many syllables are in each line. And yeah. this one is seven eight seven eight seven six seven six seven six seven six. Yeah, Those a bunch two of pages them. in our hymnal. Right, that's right. Even though it's only so, four stanzas. Yes. So if you'd be so kind to read the first one. Okay, it's rich with gospel. I found a lot of gospel here. It's been very pleasantly amazed. My soul now praise your maker. Let all within me bless his name, who makes you full partaker of mercies more than you dare claim. Forget him not whose meekness still bears with all your sin who heals your every weakness, renews your life within, whose grace and care are endless and saved you through the past, who leaves no sufferer friendless, but rights the wronged at last. That writing the wrong at last, when does that occur? I, at the, at the, uh, the last judgment. Yes, the resurrection of the dead. Right. Mm -hmm. Yes. And that's when, no matter what you're going through here on earth right now, you don't have to worry about it because God is with you all the time here on earth. Notice that there are a lot of titles that God has, but what's the title that Graman uses in the first stanza? First line. Yes. My soul now praise your maker. Yes. And as I'm going through the book of Proverbs, I'm learning more and more that what Proverbs is, and I've said this before, but in case others haven't heard it, when you go to an amusement park and you're going on a ride, they give you all kinds of directions. Don't stand up. Don't jump up and down. Put on your seatbelt, etc. And all those are ways of securing your safety. Well, God has ways of securing your safety. When he made the universe, he not only had, shall we say, scientific laws like gravity that work, but also ethical laws. And and that's why, you know, evolution is so bad, because animals break these laws all the time but human beings are not to break those laws. Right. And we're, 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 
sin does abound, God's grace does much more abound. I mean, even when we make uh, serious mistakes, his, uh, he's, he's with there with his forgiveness and grace. And the word that it uses is of mercies more than you dare claim. Right. Can I ask yes. you what mercy means? <laughs> mercy is uh, not getting what we deserve. Excellent. Okay. And gr- grace is? Uh, let's see. Grace is uh, getting what we don't deserve. Wonderful. That's great. <laughs> I'm, I'm catching on. Yes. Yes. And, of course, justice, in one sense, that every religion believes, is you get what you deserve. Getting what, what we deserve. Which we we don't want that. We we'd rather get what we we'd rather not get what we deserve. Yes. Yes. In the liturgy, we talk about what do we deserve. Oh, we deserve in the liturgy, uh, like in our confession of sins. Right. Um, how does that go? Let's see. Temporal. Let me start it. Temporal. Temporal and eternal punishment. Excellent. That's what we deserve. That's what we deserve. Right because we cannot offset. So where else did you find gospel in this first stanza? Oh, well, let's see. Uh, Well, like, uh, mercy's more than we dare claim. Uh, Mercy's more than we dare claim. That's that's a good one. Still, uh, Still bears with all your sin. Him not, let's see, forget him not, whose meekness still bears with all your sin, who heals your every weakness, renews your life within, whose grace and care are endless and saved you through the past, who leaves no sufferer friendless, but writes the wrong at last, who leaves no sufferer friendless. I mean, you know, it's just rich with gospel. It really is. I, I, uh, I was not as familiar with this hymn as I would have liked to have been, but I'll tell you, it's a, it's a rich gospel hymn. It really is. Yes. And when we say the word gospel, we're really talking about gracious and merciful promises given to us on the basis of the incarnation, the crucifixion, and the resurrection, and the ascension of Jesus Christ. That's right. And those promises are very helpful to us. Renews your life within. What does that mean? Renews your life within. Uh, He strengthens strengthens us um, through the word and through his sacrament, through his body and blood. Uh, He he renews our life within. It strengthens our faith and uh, motivates us to share that good news with others by word and by deed. What's one of his most popular sayings? It goes like, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one cometh to the Father but by me. See, a lot of people do not understand that. Yeah, Christ is the only way. Yes. He's the only way. Yes? They think that you get to the Father by your works. No way. Uh-uh. There's no way we could. No way we could do that. And the reason never... is, he's our maker. That's right. So our maker, our maker and redeemer. Yes. 
All right. Stanza two, please. Okay. He offers all his treasure of justice, truth, and righteousness, his love beyond all measure, his yearning, pity, or distress, nor treats us as we merit, but sets his anger by. The poor and contrite spirit finds his compassion nigh. And high as heaven above us, as dawn from close of day, so far since he has loved us, he puts our sins away. Again, That's, rich gospel. Yes, very good. Puts our sins away. I've come to define the word forgiveness as no longer being held accountable for our sins. Yeah, we're no longer accountable. We we know we know we're poor miserable sinners. We know we daily sin much and indeed deserve nothing but punishment. But from God's perspective, and that that's what really counts, not what other people think or what we, even we ourselves may at times think. From God's perspective, when he looks at upon when he looks upon us and uh, when he comes again in glory and when the the final judgment takes place, he will see not a, a poor miserable sinner, but he'll see us through Christ's righteousness uh, as saints. Yes. Com completely without sin. Now, the question I have, we talked about mercy, grace, and justice, and yet the word justice is used in verse 2 of justice, truth, and righteousness. But what justice is he speaking of there? Well, he does uh he does carry out justice he's talking about uh, he's talking about um well i mean he he writes the wrong right and he does it in a just way he just doesn't say okay your sins are forgiven he does it on the basis of the death of his son. That's right. And Jesus, that's why that's justice. Yeah, Jesus bore all the justice for us. Uh, God's wrath was vented on him. Well said. Exactly. Yeah. And that's why we say his love is beyond all measure because he is takes pity over us in all of our distress and treats us I like this point, us as we merit. He does not treat us as we merit. Right. What would that yeah. mean? Well, if, if, if there's no way we could merit uh, sufficient to be saved. Uh, it's, not, it's not by our merit, but it's by his merit. Uh, so if, it, if we're all depending upon our, our righteousness, we'd be lost. We'd be headed yes. to hell for sure. And the word that's opposite merit, it's used in the parable of the lost sheep. When they come into heaven, they don't merit heaven, they what? It sounds like merit. Oh, inherit. Inherit, yes. right? Yes. That's a huge law and gospel difference. Under the law, you merit under the gospel, you inherit. It's pure grace. It's a pure gift. 
Well said. All right, I'll read three. For as a tender father has pity on his children here, God in his arms will gather all who are his in childlike fear. He knows how frail are powers who but from dust are made. We flourish like the flowers, and even so we fade. The wind has through them passes, and all their bloom is over. We wither like the grasses, our place knows us no more. Now, is that a kind of a law verse? Or yeah, that it, it doesn't. That verse, that stanza, doesn't really end on a gospel note, does it? It's 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 no. it's stressing the point that you know we're we're like grass. The grass withers and the flowers fade, and uh, you know we're like a mist. If you look at us purely from uh, purely from a worldly point of view, we're we we we're transitory. We're uh, we're like a mist that uh, that leaves at the break of day. You know, our life is brief, but from God's perspective, of course, our our life is eternal. I yes. mean, we will we will live forever. Yes. It, it seems like life here on Earth is really short. Yes. Very yeah. short. I've got a yeah. lot more things to do, so I don't want to die yet. <laughs> Right. Well, it's well, like you're enjoying that congregation you're at, aren't you? Very much. Yes, very much. In fact, um, I'm uh, later on today, early this afternoon. I'm going to be uh, meeting a family out at uh, the cemetery to lay their loved one to rest. You know, that's that's a reminder of how how uh, how quickly our life fades on this earth, but. I hope to bestow upon them the sure and certain promise that we will see our loved ones again. Uh, he he died a, a he died a faithful Christian, and uh, we will see him again, no doubt about it. And he, and he's with our Lord Jesus even now. But uh, yes, on the last day, the of course, we'll see our loved ones raised, our bodies as, as will join our souls forever in heaven. Yes. What are you preaching on this Sunday? Uh, God is always out? for life, always for life. Yeah. So, in yeah. fact, it's a, it's a Genesis. <laughs> it's the passage in Genesis. Genesis yeah. forty-five. Um, well, Joseph, his brothers sure didn't expect him to be nice to them. No. <laughs> Can you imagine what their expressions looked like when he finally revealed to them who he was? <laughs> well, it says it in verse uh, 5, uh, verse 3, but his brothers could not answer when he asked them a question about the yeah. father being alive, for they were dismayed at his presence. Yeah. Why would they be dismayed at his presence? Well, I mean, here he he's the prime minister over all of Egypt. The only one more powerful than him in Egypt was Pharaoh himself. Yes. And uh, he's just revealed himself. I'm Joseph, whom you once sold into slavery. And uh, you know, he tries to put him at ease. But can you imagine how wide open their mouths were when he first heard that and how guilty they felt? 
Well, I'll tell you, the gospel is there in verse 8. It was not you who sent me here, but God. Right. He has made me a father to Pharaoh and Lord of this house. And he saved many lives. What an attitude to have. Yeah, that's right. He understood. Every Christian should have that kind of attitude that whatever's going on in their life, God directed that particular experience and he will work it out to good. He'll take care of you. And as the hymn says, he will never leave you nor forsake you. That's right. All things work together for good. That's right. For, for them that love God. Yes. At the end of that lesson, by the way, remember at the beginning, they were dismayed. They couldn't answer him. But at the end, when he, well, he kissed all his brothers yeah. It says, after that, his brothers talked with him. Yeah, yeah. But so, what a scene that must have been, huh? You well, know, it's the difference between living under the law where you're afraid of punishment yeah. and hearing the good news that you have been forgiven and you are not held accountable. Yeah, and those brothers of Joseph had to be reminded of his forgiveness, too, just like we need to be reminded of God's forgiveness in Christ. I, uh, You know, the thing I wonder about is when they return to Jacob to tell him that Joseph was still alive oh, after yeah. they gave him his bloody coat yeah. that they had made into blood. They had so, some explaining to do. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, can you imagine that after all those years? Yep. All right. Stanza four, please. Yes. His grace remains forever, and children's children yet shall prove that God forsakes them never, who in true fear shall seek his love. In heaven is fixed his dwelling. His rule is over all. O hosts with might excelling, with praise before him fall. Praise him forever reigning, all you who hear his word, our life and all sustaining, my soul, oh, praise the Lord. Now, there's some real good things there. Notice that the emphasis on the word of God, that's what we hear about Jesus. Going to church is like going into the temple of old because you're going into the presence of God. And yes, it's a pastor who does the preaching, but if he's doing it properly, it's really the words of Jesus being said to you as you sit in the pew. That's right. So his grace remains forever, and children's children yet shall prove that God forsakes them never. Now. How do you understand that? Oh, that's down through generations. That generations. I mean, after all, you know, how many generations are between us and uh, and uh, the the time of the apostles and uh, the children's children still cling to those promises of Christ, and uh, it's like it says. Uh, let me see. Where is that again? Children's children. 
Children's children prove that God forsakes them never. You know, you, you know, all generations know God. God is with us. He he will never forsake us. He's with us to the end, and he will be with our children's children. Uh, it's important that they cling to his promises because his promises are sure and and lasting. And this really shows the importance of baptizing a child. Right, absolutely. And bringing him up in the nurture of the Lord, right. Yes, because the way you bring your child up is the way he's going to be thinking about God and bringing his children up too. Nothing is more important than the teaching of parents. And so whether parents go through the catechism with their children or read Bible passages, they need to themselves know what these passages mean to to give the true meaning of what God has written in his Holy Scripture. And they teach by their own example, too, because, you know, kids, kids can see hypocrisy very easily. You know, it's important that we, that we give our children good models. How do kids see hypocrisy so easily? Well, they just, they just can. Um, you got an example? Um, Well, uh, what parent, what parent has ever uh, said something that that they shouldn't have said, and 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 the and the kids will sometimes catch them and say, "Mom, Dad, you shouldn't say that," or "Mom, yeah. Dad, that's not what Jesus says. That's not that's not uh, the way we should uh, act." That's good. Yes, we had at our congregation a lot of kids come to Sunday school, vacation Bible school, and believe it or not, some of those kids ended up bringing their parents to church. Yeah, oh yes, that's wonderful to see too. Well, thank you very much, Pastor Mark Smith, on My Soul, Now Praise Your Maker. Tomorrow's Law and Gospel, we're going to continue uh, with a study of judges as we see once more how God put this world together and how he desires us to behave in the world to find full life and salvation. I'm Tom Baker, Mark Smith. God bless you. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check out to Law & Gospel and mail to Law & Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132, or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod.